Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. We are going to start off this morning with this funny video that I found yesterday. Um, and then I'm going to say hi to everyone in the chat. Good to see people here. Okay, but I found the funniest video yesterday. Here we go. Okay. So this video, this guy, this is my new favorite YouTuber. I love this guy that I just found yesterday. He does these videos where he's like, this one is called like watches Jordan Peterson once. He has a bunch of these for the people that we cover on this channel. And it's like, it's like, I watched this person once and now this is what I'm like. And he does this skit. I'm, I'm going to pause it just so we don't get copyright claimed. But like, dude, this is the funniest video I've seen in a while. I love this. This concept of big, big energy is it's absolutely fascinating. The higher you go up <laughs> in the dominance hierarchy, the better the chance you have of getting laid. And, and that's not an insignificant thing. The dominance hierarchy, it's a strange thing. I used to drink. I love how he makes it, um, he's like, uh, he makes his voice sound like Kermit the Frog. I mean, I know that that's the thing is Jordan Peterson sounds a little bit like Kermit already, but like, I feel like this guy really, really channels the Kermit voice. I love it. Uh, quite a lot of alcohol. I had a conversation with Kathy Newman and it, it was absolutely fascinating. What a buffoon she is. You clean your room. You're gonna have big dick energy. At my best, I could bench 225 pounds. Lobsters! It's a hell of a thing. How are we not nose deep in this stuff? You can't bench 225 pounds when you're when you're completely morally reprehensible. You've got to increase your skill. You've got to be willing to turn yourself into a monster. I, I just <laughs> this guy's impression is fantastic. I love um. Yeah, I, I love this. He also has one for Ben Shapiro and it's super funny. I'm like, I just, and he has one for uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and a few other people. Like, dude, I just want to be friends with this guy now. His his impressions are spot on. Feed your children. To lift 225 pounds. You do that, they develop an edible complex. If you don't clean your room, you're a little pussy ass bitch. No, that's wrong. There's chaos in this world. I love how he like descends more and more into sounding like a Muppet. <laughs> of this too it's amazing a woman tells you she's not attracted to you Do you read she's basically telling you that your genetics are not worth transferring on to the next generation read more you're mastering i like to i like to eat lobster i was once fucked a lot <laughs> that's totally wrong man nothing human's a complete fool everyone's got a shit uh, he just throws it like i once fucked a lobster <laughs> just in the middle there like like there's nothing to it i love it i love it Oh my goodness. Side inside having big dick energy, it affects your shadow. Carl Jung is my deep, deep lover. You face that monster and he ain't so bad. And women have hypergamous nature. That's bloody wrong. I suppose you could say that they're gold diggers, but we're all chasing the gold and we need to kill a dragon to get to the gold. That's the point that everybody misses. Like you look at King Arthur, he pulls the sword out of the stone. That's a dick for crying. Sword is that? <laughs> Dude, anyway, this video is my new favorite video. I am so happy that I found this yesterday. Um, now I just like, I want to watch all of this guy's videos now. I'm going to say hi to everyone in the chat. Um, Joseph is here. Y'all, here's the thing. I wish I was eating carbs like y'all this week because, man, 
I, I'm like, oh, I really want some of this thing or this thing. I don't really have much food with carbs in my house right now. So I guess it's easy to resist the temptation, but I still feel the temptation, you know? So like yesterday, what I ate was I finished my bowl of ground beef for lunch. And then for dinner, I had like, uh, I had chicken with pesto and cheese baked on top. And it was pretty tasty, but it's like, Man, I do miss um, I do I do miss having the carbs. Although tomorrow I'm gonna be done with this because tomorrow I want to have beer. Tomorrow I want to have like food from a restaurant for Friday night. So tomorrow night, yeah, I will be eating carbs again. But maybe not permanently. Maybe I will. Maybe I will make a habit out of this. Maybe I will try to cut down on carbs during the weekday and see if it if it has any positive impact. Although. So far, I can't see what the positive impact is because I just I'm just tired and sad. Uh, apparently, Cher says you would not like what I'm eating right now. Queen of Spades says no carbs, only sadness. Your thumbnails get me every time. Thank you, thank you. Um, all right, uh, some more pre-show discussion. <laughs> Kitty, good morning. Anyone else having a bowl of carbs this morning? Oh man. I do have like here I have like uh granola to put in yogurt and I kind of miss that. Now when I eat yogurt, I just eat it like like it's pudding, you know, with no granola in it. Um Yeah, so we'll see. Oh, Cher's eating garlic bread, dude. That's amazing. That sounds so good. And Joseph's going to have a peanut butter sandwich. Y'all are just talking about all the bread you're eating. All the bread. Kat Benson is here. Hello. Hello. Um, yeah, you guys are all eating enough carbs for me. <laughs> Good morning. Karen says no carbs this morning. We're trying to get the hang of making pasta. So lots of carbs for dinner. Ooh, that sounds good. Homemade pasta is good. Mushroom Destroyers here. Hello. Stop picking your nose. This is a beautiful video. Dude, that video is so good. It's so funny. Good morning. Good morning, Marie. This <laughs> voice. Lobsters. Someone says, seriously, why lobsters? I mean, I don't know. He just latched onto the lobsters and how he can compare them to humans in a way that makes the point he wants to make. So now everything's about lobsters. Yes, this guy is hilarious. The whole concept of big dick energy. I feel like big dick energy is supposed to be a meme, right? Is there anyone who takes it seriously? I don't know. Christina's here saying, remember to hit the like button. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. Lobster. <laughs> he reminds me of the gingerbread man in Pinocchio from Shrek. Oh my God, he does. He sounds exactly like the, like the little Shrek gingerbread man. You are so right. Oh my God, that is spot on, dude. I love it. That's spot on. Amanda's here. Good morning, Amanda. Um, Amanda says, I really need to cut carbs. It's the only thing that's ever helped me lose weight and feel remotely healthy. Oh, that's interesting. I feel like the only thing that helps me lose weight like consistently is counting calories, but I can't do it anymore because of my OCD. Like I used to count calories in the past but I latch onto numbers and get really obsessive and it just takes me through like an OCD thought spiral and it makes my mental health miserable the entire time. But I do lose weight effectively. 
Uh, but I just, I, I realize I have to do things that are not that, like I can estimate calories roughly, but if I count them like specifically in any way, no, I will turn into an OCD mess. Oh, cinnamon toast. Cinnamon toast sounds so good. Joseph says, send me the bill for a dozen do Oh, dude, I want donuts. I haven't had a donut in a while. I used to eat donuts like all the time. Like back before we were in the pandemic, when I would be heading to work in the morning and I would like get off the train, I would stop at a donut shop on the rest of my walk to work, get a donut, eat a donut on the way to work, start off the day right with a big donut. Oh, but I haven't had a donut in forever. Can't even remember when the last time I had a donut is now. It's been months, if not most of a year. And that's not okay. I need to get a donut. I need to get some donuts for myself. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, hold on. Get you some nuts, donuts. I love it. So I found this video where this guy is saying, I tried Jordan Peterson's diet, only meat. And I want to see, I want to see what this guy thinks. I don't know if this guy likes it or not. We're, we're all reacting here. Oh, wait, I didn't share audio. We're all reacting here live together. This guy tried the only meat diet. And I want to know, I want to know his thoughts. I, like I said, I, uh, I didn't do only meat. I just did no carbs because meat is expensive guys. So if I was just eating beef all day, every day, that would get expensive really quick. So instead I have been eating, um, also like eggs and yogurt and, um, vegetables and like noodles made out of vegetables, you know, like veggie noodles made out of, uh, yeah, like vegetable things. So I've just been eating low carbs instead of exclusively meat. Because, dude, how expensive can that even be? Yeah, where is RK? That's a good question. I actually don't know. Sorry, guys, I don't know. I've been texting him, like, where are you? I don't know where he is. So uh, let's all hope that he's okay. I have no idea. Sorry. Oh, dude, Kat Benson, do you want to come on the stream and talk about the effects of an all-meat diet? Let me know if you do, because um, if so, then I will send you a link in just a second, because that could be a fun discussion to have with someone who knows what they're talking about. You know, does yogurt always have a lot of sugar in it? Doesn't it depend on the on the yogurt? I don't know. I'm checking the carbs on the nutrition facts of what I eat. Oh, <laughs> Didn't see you there. What's up guys, welcome back to my YouTube channel. Today's episode is, I tried Jordan Peterson's diet. Well, who is Dr. Professor? All right, let's, let's skip ahead. I don't need the introduction. Okay, here we go. Let's get to the meat. 
pie and we sliced it up. This one's for you, Jordan Peterson. Oh, that looks tasty. Oh, dude, he's doing a good job. Oh, dude, that looks really good. See, I wish if I could cook as good as this guy, maybe, maybe that I would be, uh, Dude, oh man. I need a cooking tutorial from this dude. Ate it all together, and then we decorated one of the steaks with gold. It was really fun. Eating steaks is great. The first day is nothing big. The second day was a little tougher. You don't really want to eat meat at the moment. You, you feel like something's missing in your body, but you go into a deep state of ketosis. That's why my tongue is white. Dude, this is the thing, okay? So, like, the first day you start, the like, for, at least for me, the first day I was starting this, um, the first day I was starting this, I was like, um, oh, this is fine. I can eat all meat and no carbs. I was even excited. The first morning, it was this Monday, I woke up really hungover, and I was like, you know what's going to cure this hangover is bacon. I just need to have high, greasy, fatty bacon. So I was I made bacon in the oven just like people have recommended to me on my streams. So I I put I put the bacon in the oven and then I saved some of it for later and then I made these really nice omelets for dinner with cheese and bacon and green onion like they were so good and I was like I am going to kill it. And then by the second day I was like I am sick of this. <laughs> and then especially yesterday I was like uh just got to get through today now. Okay. Um, Mushroom Destroyer says you just slow cook it after marinating it with some oil and seasoning. How do you slow cook it? Like in a crock pot? Because I want, I want meat to turn out like this. Like that looks so good. So good. Kat says a lot of my digestion related clients I work with have microbiome issues because of not eating enough quality carbs, food that our microbiome thrives on. Well, I don't want to have microbiome issues, so I might need to uh, start eating some carbs again soon. Here we go. Dude, this guy cooks so good. That's all I can eat. Might as well do it right, you know? This is basically everything I could eat on this diet. And I'm not super upset. It's getting a little boring. See, dude, here's the thing. If I could cook beef as good as this dude could, then I I probably would want to do this diet more often too. Although now that Kat has told me that I will destroy the microbiome. I don't know what the microbiome is, but I don't want to destroy it. Oh, Mushroom Destroyer says when I made... Make homemade shawarma. I get beef round. I let it marinate for 48 hours and cook in the oven for between an hour and a half to two hours. Oh, that sounds good. But I'm not even complaining either. It's really tasty. Carbs and veggies. Carbs and veggies. Just meat. What is so the gold stuff you put on it? It looks cool, but I don't know what it is. 200 buck tomahawk. The golden tomahawk. We just finished filming. And lucky for me, it's part of the Jordan Peterson diet. Except for the gold, maybe, but who cares? It's just gold. Gold has no carbs, right? So, okay, so this guy, dude, if I could cook like this dude, 
then then the world would be different. Also, RK's here. What's up, bud? Nothing. I just um I overslept. I feel fantastic, but um ooh, I was I <laughs> I was waking up throughout the whole night, um, had a slight headache. And then um what they're saying about the vaccine is true, y'all. You you sort of feel a little <laughs> down when you first get it, and then you feel great when you wake up the next day. <laughs> That, I mean, dude, that's fair. I, I don't even, at first I was like, where are you? But now that you're like, the vaccine took me out, dude, that's fair. The vaccine is going to take me out too. Maybe when I get the vaccine, then I will sleep through part of the stream. That'll probably happen. Because I sleep through shit all the time. Yeah, I was, I mean, I, w I woke up at like one, three, five, and then I just was like out cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here now. Um... <coughs> and uh okay oh it won't destroy the microbiome it will negatively impact it the microbiome is the healthy bacteria in our colon okay so eating an all-meat diet y'all is not good for the healthy bacteria in your colon because they need to have some carbs it's good to know i will be eating carbs tomorrow at what time i don't know probably for dinner Today for lunch, I have to finish the chicken I made yesterday. Maybe I'll eat some yogurt too. Although someone said that yogurt has a lot of sugar, but I don't think all yogurt has a lot of sugar. I think just sugary yogurt does. But I could be wrong. I'll double check the carbs listed on the back of the container. Let's eat cookies, dude. Dude, I am I am jealous of all the cookies you have at your house. All the cookies. The cookies are everywhere. There's so many cookies here. It's so good. Yeah. 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 I'm like not even mad that you're not eating low carb this week. One, because you have all those baked goods at your house. And two, because oh, I didn't goods. exercise at all during Gwyneth Paltrow week. So we're allowed to we're allowed to each cheat a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I had to cheat on the all meat diet guy. Yeah. That makes sense. Perfect sense. Uh. No All Panda here. says that the vac the vaccine definitely wiped me out too. Yeah. Whew, I'm glad I'm not alone. I'm still waking up, guys. I'm sorry. I need to get some coffee. <laughs> yeah, go get some coffee. I'll find okay. more Jordan Peterson videos to react I, to. I literally time. woke up. And I saw I had a bunch of missed messages. <laughs> they were all from me being like, hey, bud, where are you? No, half of them were from you. Only half of them were from work. Because work counts on me waking up at like six and I start talking to them. So, oh. everyone was, so everyone was just like asking me, like, what's up? Where are you? How's it going? And, oh. and I, I responded to you first. Oh, I'm honored. You responded I have done to me here. before your job. Yeah. Oh, I'm so special. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, I'm I'm a vegetarian. That's why I'm not eating an all meat diet. <laughs> so yeah, be right back. Unless I fall asleep. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. Get your coffee. All right, y'all. I know that last night on the sleepover stream, I was talking about I was saying something about a video we were gonna look at today, and now I totally forgot what video it was. Was it? Was it the Kathy Newman debate? I don't know. Let's just look at the let's just look at the Kathy Newman debate because that's a big thing. Um, and we can break down why this debate was such a failure, um, not just on his part but on her part as well. 
I think that she did a terrible job representing the feminist argument. And he also, he did a good job representing his side in that he used his usual tactic of speaking very softly and monotone to say something that makes no sense. Basically, this debate was just like a hot mess and a half. Oh, that's right. We were going to talk about enforced monogamy. There was an article about enforced monogamy that we were going to look at. Was it, was it the New York Times? What article was it? Enforced monogamy. Yes, I want to look up the enforced monogamy. Cat remembers this. Which What article on enforced monogamy were we going to look at? Um, he has videos explaining what he means by enforced monogamy. Yes, he does. Well, we watched the, the Joe Rogan one yesterday, and what he said was still kind of like, what like i don't know but let's let's pull up this uh debate oh sorry there's an ad okay the, let's pull up this debate which is just a complete mess oh that's another ad one second okay now we've got a little plan we're gonna watch a little bit of this debate pick apart why it's such a mess and then we're gonna look at some articles about enforced monogamy um So we're going to, let's look at two sides of the story for that one. There's the, let, we'll look at the New York Times article called Jordan Peterson, Custodian of the Patriarchy. And that's the article he claims he was misrepresented in. So then let's look right. at his actual blog and see what his side says. And we can compare them a little bit. That share exactly, that's what I was saying yesterday, right? Social norms already support monogamy. Monogamy is considered the norm. Uh, polyamory is considered like uh, a, like a, a deviation from the norm, even though I fully support it in every way. It's like it's still like the majority of people are still monogamous. So I have no idea what he's going on about. We need a culture of monogamy. We already have one, dude. Even the law says you can only marry one person. Like I have no idea what he's on about. Yeah, but we have reality shows for uh, for poly for polyamory and polygamy. Uh, just, I, I know that they end up married in a monogamous relationship, but the Bachelor and the Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, and Sister Wives. Yeah, that's true. There you go. Yeah, I think someone needs to tell Jordan Peterson about ethical polyamory. People also need to tell Jordan Peterson about lesbians and about femdom and about trans people. And about He's broccoli. Just <laughs> he's just like unaware that all of, I mean, I, maybe he's aware and just chooses to ignore it because it doesn't support his, uh, what he's trying to say. All right. So y'all, we're going to look at two sides to the story. We're going to start with the New York times article called Jordan Peterson, custodian of the patriarchy. And then we're going to look at Jordan Peterson's blog to hear his side of why he thinks he was misrepresented and all of that. Check out his his uh his Soviet art like he talked about the other day. This is real art. It or did, was this not real art because this was propaganda? Man, I don't even know. I can't even keep his ideas straight. I don't know. My favorite art quote is when you have a house, don't hang IKEA art up, buy weird shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think what Katie says here is true. Jordan seems to be like Ben Shapiro, and that as soon as he hears about something 
non-cis-hetero monogamous, he thinks it's taking over. Yeah, that's the thing is like, Ben Shapiro freaks out. He's like, there's one lesbian Christmas movie. The lesbians are taking over Christmas. And it's like, dude, calm down. Like, you're still in the majority. It's okay. Well, he's like Ben Shapiro in that if he's debating an idiot who admits he's an idiot and not an idiot who thinks that they're a genius, uh, his arguments crumble. Because I watched the Jordan Peterson, uh, Joe Rogan segments yesterday, and I watched the uh, Joe Rogan, Ben Shapiro segments yesterday, and they both fall into the same wait, you're asking me basic questions about my position? I don't yeah, know how to respond. No, they're not used to that. They're used to just talking really fast and steamrolling everyone. Yeah, they're used to people who come in with their own talking points and then it's talking point versus talking point. I'll give them this. They're better at talking point versus talking point arguments when um they're going against college freshmen. Yeah. So... Let's see what it says here. Oh, this is this is small. Let me zoom in on this. That's what she said. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. It was a penis joke. Penis. There we go. This is much better. Um, Jordan Peterson fills <coughs> huge lecture halls and tells his audiences there's no shame in looking backward to a model how the world should be arranged. Look back oh, to shit. the 1950s. Dude, What's up? I totally forgot to tell what? you. What? What? I went to sleep last night listening to the Frenemies podcast and shit. What's going? Did you read what's going on with David Dobrik? No, I am. I I didn't even know who David Dobrik was, other than he's like a YouTuber. I think. Oh god, I was gonna talk to you about it last night, and I like literally fell asleep with my phone on my face. So, um, I I didn't send the text. So we'll talk about that after this. <laughs> we should okay, because then we can talk about that. And if apparently he, I I've been hearing his name around, so I know he's done something. But I don't really know. I don't know anything about him other than I think he makes vlogs. Yeah, he runs the vlog squad. So. Vlog squad. <laughs> so so him making vlog is a very good guess on your end. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like I need to like I feel like I get pretty in tune with certain elements of YouTube drama, and then some people I've just like, who is that? I don't know. Um, He's one of the Vine stars that came over. Oh. Okay. Okay. I see. Okay. So. Look back to the 1950s and back even further. He tells his audience they're smart. He's bringing them knowledge, but knowledge that they already know and feel in their bones. He casts this as ancient <laughs> wisdom delivered through religious allegories and fairy tales, which contain truths that modern society has forgotten. I mean, this does sound exactly like his book that I'm listening to right now. Yeah, when we talk about his 12 rules, we're like, I mean, the rules are right for the most part. We're not we're not arguing this. I mean, the, th the thing is, who he is in that book for the most part and who he is in his interviews are two different people. Like he, he has some yeah. weird things in that book, but I would not say that book is problematic. Well, I was talking about this yesterday when you weren't here, but it was like, I, I was reading when I was listening to the chapter about, you know, take care of yourself the way you take care of others. That's true. He somehow managed to make that point for like 10 minutes and then go on an hour long incel rant. Like, how is how does he turn everything into an incel rant? It's, it's I don't remember of, the incel rant. Can you remind me? Yeah, so he talks about he's like, so why don't we love ourselves? And he's like, let's look at the story of Adam and Eve in the Bible. Oh right, this was the Adam's. He goes thing. into the Adam <laughs> and Eve thing. He talk he de de describes the story in excruciating detail for like a full hour. And while he's talking about it, he's like, so Eve gave Adam the forbidden fruit, and when he ate it, he became conscious of himself. 
This was the first example of a woman making a man self-conscious. And now, still today, women regularly make men self-conscious by rejecting them. And yeah. I was like, not, dude, not everything has to be about this. Well, you know, when <laughs> like, you, when I get that you're frustrated that you don't get a lot of women, but not like not everything has to be about this. When you're a therapist, uh, you, you, you read Freud and you become Freud. Yeah, yeah, Queen of Spade, it, his telling of the Adam and Eve story was the most boring thing I've ever heard. He is not good at, although now I'm on the next chapter, which, which is about like, the tip is like, have friends who care about you or something, <laughs> which is, again, great. Yeah, it, he's telling stories about his childhood, um, growing up in like a small town in Canada. And it's like, this is like, his writing is good. I was like, whoa, your writing in this section is good. He's just like writing about his his childhood and like, you know, what it was like growing up in a town where everything was cold all the time. And he was very descriptive and he was talking about like how, you know, boring and and barren his town was. And I'm like, whoa, he used all this description. He was just like taking me into the scene. I was like, dude, this is nuts. Why can't you write this good all the time? Why do you have to be boring as a sack of rocks? every other time you write something. And then uh, I think that's the chapter where he uh, talks about like a couple of his childhood friends who became drug addicts. Yeah, that's the part where I'm at right now. Yeah, he talks about, he has a few of his friends uh, got addicted to drugs and I don't know where he's going with it. Actually, this chapter I think is, that's probably the full extent of where he's going with it because this chapter is like half the length of the other chapters. Uh, because I think he has stopped going on about, you know, animal hierarchies and Bible stories and his frustration of why women don't like him. <coughs> yeah, uh, from what I, yeah. Sorry. No, sorry. Yeah, I was just going on. Continue. I was going to say, from what I recall, he uh, he does something that he does not practice himself. He, he put the blame and responsibility on them. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually like this chapter at the very least because it tells a story and doesn't get off topic with all the random facts he wants to tell us and is it an hour and a half long. So I this is probably my favorite chapter so far just in terms of I'm not bored to death listening to it. How do these people become such rock stars? The masculine spirit is under assault, he told me. It's obvious. Okay, so this is apparently a quote he told the New York Times. In Mr. Peterson's world, order is masculine, chaos is feminine. Yesterday, dude, we talked about what he finally, when I finally got to the part in the book where he said it doesn't make sense why he says that chaos is feminine. He says chaos is feminine because when something new is born into the world, that's where the unknown comes from, and it's always born from a vagina. So because women give birth to every everyone, that that means that women are creating the next set of unknown things. And that's but that doesn't make any sense, dude. That doesn't make any sense because like men also have to be a part of the conceiving process just because it comes out of the vagina does not even mean that means nothing. I think he does it because he Blake he places a lot of emphasis on yin and yang when he talks yeah. about order and chaos and all this shit. Um, and he always loves saying that one is masculine and one is feminine, but in the actual source material in Chinese philosophy, they don't actually assign genders to the yin yang symbol. 
Yeah, and that's why I think he just made this up <laughs> for the sake of wanting to appeal to a crowd of frustrated 18-year-old men. That would be my guess, because that is very obviously the exact crowd that he appeals to. Yeah, the, the, the crowd that goes to the stand-up club, and the guy goes on stage and grabs the microphone and goes, Women, am I right? And then everyone breaks out in applause. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> um... mystical father figure that's what he is dude he's like he's literally a cult leader for like young men that have not had a, a good role model in their life they turn to him he's become lobster daddy but he also tells them things that they already know and believe in so it's not like he's teaching them anything new yeah so i guess here's a question for you is the fastest way to a cult confirmation bias it's the fastest way to a cult confirmation bias maybe because in this case, he's definitely just off. He, he's definitely like that one level, air quote, level-headed yeah. <laughs> academic type that can um, satisfy the, uh, I don't want to sound too pedantic. I don't, I don't know. Like the primal tendencies of <laughs> incel men. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the messages he delivers range from self-help empowerment talk, clean your room, stand up straight, to the more retrograde and political as a society, a society run as a patriarchy makes sense and stems the mostly from men's competence. The notion of white privilege is a farce. He is the stately-looking, pedigreed voice for a group of culture warriors who work diligently to undermine mainstream and liberal efforts to promote equality. Like, I will say this article, I don't feel... I. I, I don't feel like this article's super well written either. I feel like this article has taken an anti-Jordan Peterson stance, which like to be fair, so have we. But <laughs> this show that we're doing right now is not journalism. This show is us sharing our opinions and making jokes and waking people up in the morning. The New York yeah. Times claims to be journalism. I feel I feel like there's a lot of biased language in this article, which you know, I'm not going to tell a New York Times reporter how to do their job, but it do it does feel like I feel like the it, it could have a little less of a bias to it, and which again has led him to respond. So we'll look at his side too. Yeah, um, I wish the New York Times were completely unbiased with all their reporting, like the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> Great joke. Thank you. Oh man, I love how you you sometimes just drop jokes in there that are like very specific, and uh, ha like I feel like some people in our audience will will know them, and other people who might be passing through will be like, "What does that refer to?" Journal, y'all. You remember more, and then you can make very specific shade jokes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you can't shade without journals. Wait, the camera's not high enough. I'm holding the journal over my head, offering myself shade. Uh, let's see. So talks a little about his book for two days in May. Mr. Peterson gives me a view of his life. He shows me his home. He lets me listen in on business calls on a Skype session with a fan and follow him backstage during a speaking engagement at the Queen Elizabeth theater. He does not smile. That's true, dude. I didn't even realize that, but he has never smiled. He doesn't smile. Like, even all the photos we've seen of him from, like, official pictures, he is not smiling. He okay. doesn't do it. I know why. 
Why? I'm sure I know why. So he talks dominance hierarchy a lot, right? And uh-huh. if you and if you watch The Office, you know Dwight Schrute says he never smiles because in like I forgot which which primate it is. I think it's the chimpanzee. When you smile, it's a sign of submissiveness. <laughs> so maybe that maybe he genuinely thinks that because you're, he actually just doesn't smile ever. Yeah, that's um. I mean. But again, I, I I don't know. It's like he does not smile. Maybe, maybe I don't fucking know. This is kind of mean. Like this is actually <laughs> like, just he has a weathered, gaunt face and big furrowed eyebrows. <laughs> like yeah, th- this is this is the there ugly is something character. extremely feline about him. Okay, like okay, New York Times reporter. I get it. You think he's ugly? That's fine. You don't have you to be attracted <laughs> to him. What kind of journalism uses extremely? I thought you're supposed to get rid of those. He's uh, and also calls a person extremely feline. Like to be honest, as much as I hate Jordan Peterson, I can see why he was mad about this article. This article is so rude to him, actually. Now you like, would love it because it's tension. Yeah, like I feel like though, like if someone writes an article about you and they're like, "I spoke to this person. They never smiled. Their face looked like a cat." Like. <laughs> That's so mean. That is name calling. They were super ugly. <laughs> their their face was their face looked like it had been run over by an eighteen wheeler. I'm like, sure he couldn't do two push ups. This is just like this. This is being mean. Like don't attack someone's appearance. They're, they're at this point. It's like I understand you want to describe what he looks like, but this is not it. This is not it. Yeah, and yeah. also like what Cat Benson says, how is he like a cat? Yeah, he's not. He has nothing. He has no cat-like qualities whatsoever. Also, I know you want to describe what he looks like too, but you also had a picture of him at the start of this article. There's multiple pictures <laughs> of him in this article, and he doesn't look at all like a cat. <laughs> this article just kind of sucks. Maybe she's just saying he's a pussy. Sorry, let's keep going. Maybe you <laughs> might be onto something. When he, wherever he goes, he speaks in sermons about the inevitability of who we must be. You know, you can say, well, isn't this unfortunate that chaos is represented by the feminine? Well, it might be unfortunate, but it doesn't matter because that's how it's represented. It's been represented like that forever. And there are reasons for it. You can't change it. It's not possible. It'd be great if he said what some of those reasons were or gave an example of how, like, because that still doesn't make sense. I love how you can't change that but he changes the definition of liberal and feminism on the spot. I, yes. I, guys, trust me, I'm a liberal based on this definition of what a liberal means, and I can't be a feminist based on this definition of what a feminist is. And these are things I can change on the spot, but chaos, you can't change that. This is just, this is set in stone. If you, cha- if you change those basic categories, people wouldn't be human anymore. Again, I guess people who do not fit into gender roles in his mind are not human. This explains why Elon Musk isn't order or chaos, because he's a fucking alien. Why men murder. Mr. Peterson's home is a carefully curated house of horror. See, dude, this article is is mean. Also, so many adjectives and adverbs. <laughs> yeah, t- too much of that. I understand wanting to be descriptive, but this is very biased. It's a carefully curated house of horror. Communist propaganda from the Soviet Union, execution seeds, soldiers looking noble, a constant reminder of atrocities and oppression. Dude, I I think this dude is just a masochist. He wants to feel their imprisonment, though he lives here on a quiet residential street in Toronto. Yeah, dude, he's just a masochist. Marxism is resurgent, Mr. Peterson says, looking ashen and stricken. 
Oh, okay. So he's still afraid of the, the communist threat because, I mean, when I wake up every day, I'm thinking of how communism's invading America again. <clears throat> I say it seems unnecessarily stressful to live like this. He tells me life is stressful. Oh God, he sounds like a combination. He sounds like a parody of himself in this article, like that. What uh, listens to Jordan Peterson once uh, video? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, we played that at the beginning while you were sleeping off the vaccine. Thank you. I we appreciate watched the, it. We watched the the guy who listens to Jordan Peterson once video. And the guy and he the, the this sounds like that and the stoicism one combined. The stoicism yeah. one is like he gets it starts off with he gets dumped by a girl and he's like. She just doesn't understand that we're all going to die and life is useless. <laughs> uh, he tucks his... It's talking about how he's sitting, how he wears socks. I mean, yeah, he wears socks. Look at this, another... Softly in socks. Like, this is so... He's He's been batting around softly in socks. What is that? Like, oh, there's just so much extraneous shit in this article. He dragged the school into controversy by opposing a Canadian bill that he believed would compel him to use the student's preferred pronouns. To be true, he to be fair, he did believe that, and the article didn't actually claim that. I am not going to be a mouthpiece for language that I detest, and that's that, he said during a debate at the University of Toronto. What language does he detest? Pronouns? English. Because if so, he said I twice in here. And he also said, that's that, and that is a pronoun. So he really needs to stop using pronouns in his regular speech if he hates them so much. He should just number his students. If life is stressful, that'll really add stress on, and then he doesn't have to give anyone a pronoun. Exactly. Two, come up to class. <laughs> he can also, call, oh God, that would be perfect for him because he can like change their numbers for the dominance hierarchy. <laughs> Yeah, once he notices certain students are displaying lobster-like qualities of standing up straight and dominating other students in group discussions, he can move them up to number one. Exactly. God, I want yeah. to be a teacher now. That sounds like fun. You'd be a teacher so that I can torture my students and make them question their reality. Shut up, 14! You're always going to be a teen! How does it feel to be one of the only two teens in this class? We don't even go to 15! And I'm going to knock you down there. Fucking 14. He's such an asshole. Dude, this is the most okay boomer moment of all time. We haven't talked about that in any compelling way in three generations, probably since the beginning of the 60s. He's just trapped in like this. Why why are young people so stupid? I'm the one who knows things. Young people are wrong. Fucking 14, dude. I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Um, I think it's Rip Van Winkle. Let me double check it. Yeah, Rip Van Winkle. Yeah, I, yeah maybe he's Rip Van Winkle. Only instead of sleeping through the American Revolution, he just fell asleep in the 60s and woke up in 2016. That's entirely possible. Dude, he just looks so sad in every picture. But that's because he doesn't smile. Also, we did say this article's biased. There is a chance she just looked for the saddest pictures. I, it's entirely possible. I think that, yeah, I think that the New York Times was like, let's find the saddest pictures of him because this article is all about how he is a miserable person. Yeah, she, they're also like, we got to find the pictures that make him look the most like the cat. And they realized there were none. <laughs> he says the radical left wants to eliminate hierarchies, which he says are the natural order of the world. 
Oh, and then of course the lobsters, the lobsters, the lobster hierarchy has become a rallying cry for his fans. Oh, uh, someone in the chat, I forgot who they asked about the movie, The Lobster starring Colin Farrell. I have not seen that, but um, it looks really weird and I like weird movies. So I probably will watch it because I think yeah. it's on Amazon Prime. I have not seen it either. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to watch that. Oh, dude, who are we going to live like next week? Uh, I'd say Joe Rogan, but we have no DMT. We can still live like Joe Rogan. Um, we also can't do DMT on a stream anyway, because we will get in legal trouble. Oh, I was not being serious whatsoever. Oh, do you still want to live like Joe Rogan? Maybe. Um, Y'all, tell us in the comments who you want to see us live like. Who should we live like next week? Let us know. We want to ask the people in the comments section, unlike my interpretation of what a teacher should do of yelling at students. I like what Amanda says here. Yeah, Jordan Peterson is literally Principal Skinner. Am I out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, let, okay, let us know who we're going to live like next week because we haven't planned it out yet. Uh, Ma oh, Mushroom Destroyer was going to say Joe Rogan. Mushroom Destroyer, there are few... I would not try DMT on a whim, and I would definitely not try my homemade DMT on a whim. That's yeah. something... Like, <laughs> like, I think I would try back alley DMT before I try my homemade one. There's a chance this is going to kill me, but at least I didn't make it myself. A top, we should live like a top level boss, babe. Take, okay. Oh, okay. Maybe we should, maybe we should alternate from being intense, super macho men. Cause we've been, we did do three men in we, a row. We've been Tony, Re well, we were Gwyneth Paltrow last week. So oh, that's right. I forgot. She but was we did do, we, she was, cause we, she did like nothing. Well, we did play the goop prices, right? That was fun. Um, but other than that, we, uh, you know, we did Tony Robbins now we've done Jordan Peterson. Yeah, Joe too. Rogan is going to be intense when we do him because he just eats meat all the time again. We could probably get away with Joe Rogan if we just do like a shit ton of weed. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. I could, if I start smoking weed in the morning though, I feel like that'll ruin my day, but I could give it a shot. No, you have to force yourself to go through your day and just accept the fact that you're going to do it very differently. <laughs> Oh yeah, we do need to live like Gary V. I don't know if we should do that next week. We gotta I gotta learn more about what he does. Although, yeah, we could live like Gary V because all he does is just shit out content every day. And we could just be making our goal could be making each podcast into 20 pieces of content. <laughs> and then also having an existential crisis where we visualize our loved ones dying. Yeah, Gary V could I mean Gary V we could be starting our art, starting an Instagram for us and starting a TikTok for us and um, clipping our live stream to make a lot of different content. Dude, I feel like Gary V Week is actually going to be productive. Yeah, because even though he is a meme, he's a productive meme. It's a productive meme, dude. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Rachel Hollis Week was productive, too, because she's a productive meme. He's like Dogecoin. Like Do <laughs> Okay, yeah, so we've got a bunch of people that we, okay, we got a bunch, yeah, we will live like Joe Rogan at some point. We will live, uh, maybe next week will be Gary V because that sounds fun. Um, for Joe Rogan, I need to get myself some drugs. <laughs> I need to um, go to the dispensary. 
Well, wait. Uh, are we? Are we? Are we? Have we narrowed it down to get Joe Rogan or Gary V? Because uh, I mean, the Boss Babe one didn't seem seem like a horrible idea. I just don't know who who yeah, we would do. Yeah, well, suggested <clears throat> Teague Moreno, who is from the top of the Young Living Pyramid. I've covered her in a couple videos. I don't. Is she? Is she well known enough to? Be, also, she eats essential oils, dude. I don't <laughs> want to eat essential oils. We can make our own essential oils and eat it, which is just I mean, the soup. only essential oils I have are the ones that Cher sent me, which I am not going to eat. Uh, and I appreciate them, Cher. They smell really nice. Yeah, I think she said don't eat those. No. Um... Oh, this is a good idea. Can we react to the Blair White debate with anti-LGBT conservatives? I love the one that she did with Ben Shapiro. Her debate with Ben Shapiro was actually really effective, I thought. I would love to react to that. Maybe we could do something like that. Or we can live like a, <clears throat> we can just go full old school and live like Napoleon Hill or Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, we could Even do that. Even though one of them's only a couple hundred years old and the other one's a couple thousand. So I have a really broad definition of old school there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess old school means not this century. <clears throat> All right, y'all. I think, yeah, we, we've got, uh, if anyone has any other suggestions, let us know because we can plan out the next couple of weeks. We will do all of these at some point. Yeah, Gary V is definitely coming. I don't know if I, maybe it's just I'm feeling a little groggy this morning that I just yeah, don't Yeah, you're like, I can't live like Gary V. You want me to what? How many hours? I feel like uh, Joe Rogan week sounds good for you because of how tired you feel. We can just get high and fuck around. A friend Alex Jones. Yeah. Oh, dude. I think if we were if we lived like Joe Rogan, we would interview people every day because he's always interviewing people. So if we lived like Joe Rogan for a week, we would have to people could let us know who wants to come on for an interview and we could even like plan out the interviews so that we make sure we have someone on every day. Oh, living like Oprah. We could live like Oprah. I wonder what Oprah lives like. We'd have to sign up for Weight Watchers. That's true. We could do Maybe they have a free week. Yeah, I love how a lot of this has to do with like we have to change our diet when we live like other people. This is all you these are people, what you eat. All these people have weird. Yeah, okay. Tanika uh, says Norman Vincent Peale, who was Trump's mentor. Yeah, Norman Vincent Peale was really big on the uh, like a big force for starting the toxic positivity and all of that. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I think when we're Oprah, we got to give people things, be like, you get this thing and you get this thing. So we got to be ready to give away things when we do Oprah week. <clears throat> All right. Well, we'll make sure we have our merch ready when we do that. Yeah. Um, we can mix we it can, with the prices, right? We could live like a mommy blogger. Oh, I don't know these people. L living with Landon, Mallory Irvin. I've never heard of them. Maybe I'll have to start looking them up. We could live like Logan Paul. We could live like Logan Paul. <laughs> Or All right, Cameron, guys. Mojo. <laughs> or or her, what's her Trisha Paytas? We could do Trisha Paytas. <laughs> we could go to we could go to parties during COVID <clears throat> and mukbang. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. We do need to live like Alex Jones for a week. We oh, if we live like Alex Jones for a week, we could just do like conspiracy theories all day long. That could be conspiracy theory week. That could be fun. But we should we should do someone less problematic, like Shane Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> 
I love Dude. the internet, guys. <laughs> All right. So we've got a bunch of people. We're going to have to live like Joe Rogan, Gary V. Um, Joel Osteen. Is that who Kitty's talking Joel, about? Joel Osteen. Oh, the, uh, the yeah, like the megachurch pastor. Uh, we could live like Ben Shapiro one week. Uh, okay, yeah, we've got we've got a lot we've got a lot of good choices. Okay, well, let's just do some old school authors. Let's just do Hemingway week. You know, wake up, smoke your body weight, drink your body weight, disparage women, write something brilliant. That sounds good. Oh, do dude, we need to live like Doctor Phil. That's brilliant. You guys have such good. Oh, dude, Doctor Phil for a week. Aren't we both as qualified to practice medicine as him? Well, not really. Dr. Phil, I think, did have a license to practice back and in the day. And it was stripped. He lost it, though. Yeah. So we are both as qualified now. Yeah. Okay. Y'all, okay, we've got some good options for next week. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Dr. Phil is, though, we gotta find a meme online and bring her on the show and launch her to stardom. Yeah, who wants to be the meme? Who wants to be Bad Baby? Look at a you, Queen of Shade. I almost said Queen of Shade. <laughs> queen of Shade. <laughs> I don't oh, even man. know some of these names. I don't know who Ron Miscavige is. <clears throat> man, we, we we can't have that dead air. Even when we're reading comments, oh, we just got it. We we, we got it. We oh, got to speak. I like this it. comment from Kitty. I think this will be. This will be fun when we're doing like the Joe Rogan thing, right? We should interview people, but take the stance of the people we are living like for that week. So we will interview people, but while we're interviewing them, we have to take on Joe Rogan's <laughs> mindset and ask questions that he would ask. I don't think we're that far off from Joe Rogan. I think we're actually kind of, well, I mean, we're both kind of stupid stoner bros who. Like politically, but <laughs> even politically, I mean, he was a Bernie bro. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't a Bernie bro. He wasn't obnoxious about it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. We're not that far off from him. I think a lot of the stuff he, he does say a lot of really stupid shit, but like, so do we, to be fair. Yeah. I, I said plenty of stupid shit on this podcast alone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you know what guys? I think, I think Joe Rogan will be a good one. I'm Dude, excited. This, yeah. Hmm? I was going to say this freedom and stupidity. Yeah. Also, if we're Joe Rogan, we won't have to read a book that week because he doesn't have a book out as far as I know. Yeah, we'll just have to binge his podcast, which is going to be awesome. We'll just binge his podcast and we'll talk about his podcast and we'll find some good clips to react to and we'll bring people on to interview. Yeah, guys, has, let's be Joe Rogan next week. Fuck okay, it, let's do it. I mean, he, ha it. He, has, he has some great interviews. Like, I, the interview oh, that, he does. Yeah. The interview that made me a fan of his was the Chuck Palahniuk interview. Um, which I thought oh, was yeah, that was a good one. Fucking awesome. And I learned a lot about uh, Chuck and his writing process. And uh, Montgomery, who edits my books, uh, she actually writes her first drafts by hand, too. And I was like, you know what? Chuck does that, too. And I like the reasoning behind it. It's a lot easier to edit something that looks like a first draft when you type it out on a computer. I would never do this because I'm way too impatient to write an entire thing longhand. But when you type it out on a computer, it looks too finished. It looks too polished. It's very difficult to delete things on a computer screen. Harley says for Joe Rogan, you have to drink bulletproof coffee and do weightlifting. Is bulletproof coffee different than regular coffee? Oh, do I have to put butter in the coffee? Is that one of the things that people do? Dude, everything about this guy is bulletproof. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Y'all, I I um I am excited to be <coughs> Joe Rogan now. Okay, but one of the big things we got to do to be Joe Rogan is to interview people. So if you want to be interviewed during Joe Rogan week, let us know. Or if you have a friend. Or if you have a friend who wants to be interviewed, or if you know anyone at all. Uh, RK reaches out to people on LinkedIn that it would be fun to interview, but I don't know if any of them have gotten back to you. Oh, they have, but I've only been reaching out most. I, I would do LinkedIn mostly for gray and gold. I can start with, I can start doing for us. Oh, I know you were for us, but you were reaching out to like Grant Cardone and like big name people. Yeah, no, for, for us, I was reaching out to people on Instagram. Like I was swinging for the fences oh. for gray and gold. To, to put this in baseball terms, I was going for singles and doubles with the gray and gold, you know, uh, like uh, CEOs and uh, nonprofit. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm really having trouble speaking right now. I was reaching out to private, small businesses, nonprofits in the local area yeah. to uh, to speak with them and have them come on the show. Uh, with us, I was swinging for the fences and like, hey, you have 2 million followers. We have 300. We can really introduce you to this brilliantly small audience. All right. So I guess, yeah, when, when we're Joe Rogan, we'll put butter in our coffee. That sounds good. Put butter in our coffee, put butter in our coffee and lift weights. I'll keep my high protein diet going for that. Fuck butter and coffee. Oh yeah. That's a thing. That's like a, that's like a thing people do when they're trying to bulk up, I think is so that they get more. It's like when you're doing the high fat and low carb thing, you put extra fat in your coffee. I put butter in my coffee before and it's really not very good. It makes the coffee turn a weird color, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it to be Joe Rogan. I'm doing it for the meme. You commit so hard. Okay, I'm in. We're doing this. I'm. You We're blow doing me this. away. You blow me away, Savvy. You, 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 and your commitment. You, you. I know when it comes to conversations on like love, you're so you're so poly open. But when it comes to like commitment to business, you're as monogamous <laughs> as they come. Like, like you're all in. I don't think you're soulmates with your business. Yeah, but I have like t 10 different business things going on at once. So I would say I am a polygamist. I am married to like 12 different companies. See, but I would say that they all, in a way, it's all about advancing your your individual career. And that's where I was coming from with like, you're, mm. married, you're married to your career. You're very I definitely am. Career. Yes. Yeah. Not yeah. married to anyone else's career. Yeah, so my, both of our metaphors are right. Okay. Suck it. Poetic language doesn't have to be a one-for-one, one, assholes. I'm <laughs> looking at you, 14. Number 14. Number 14. This is why you're at the bottom of the hierarchy. This is why none God. of the women want to have sex with number 14. How are you 14 in a class of 10? Fucking asshole. Oh, good Lord. Okay, yeah, I'm excited for Joe Rogan week now. So am I. Joe Rogan's but, bald. Should we shave our head next week? No, it's too soon. We gotta wait till it gets warm out and then shave our head. Oh, it's hot here. It's hot here. I'm ready uh, to shave my head whenever you give the green no, light. No, I'm not ready to shave my head yet because it's uh, my hair's been looking really amazing the past couple weeks, and also it's still cold here. So I am not ready to shave my head yet. But maybe in like two months we can shave our heads together. Are we going to raise money for one venture, or are we each going to pick one? Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Everyone in the chat. So, okay. This is the thing we've talked about a little bit. We are planning, um, in the summer to shave our head together for a charity and raise money. And like when we raise a certain amount of money for the charity, we'll shave our head and that kind of thing. What charities do you think we should raise money for? 
I have what? a request for it. Generation yeah. six, Generation Success New Orleans. I sit on the board for it. Our CEO is my hero, my role model. Oh, awesome! And she's um, like I, I, I can't give out all those details, but I know she could definitely use a win right now. So I, I definitely would want to um, would want to support her. We, I don't want to guilt y'all into doing that because uh, this is a different stream, and we can do multiple charities as well. And I can absolutely just make a personal donation, but if you want to, if I, I love the idea of raising awareness for it at the very least. So even if we're not raising money for it, I would love to just have the uh, the logo here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we could come up with a few different charities and we could even have people vote on which charity they <coughs> want to the money to go for and things like that. Or we could just split it. We could just raise a big pool and split. That's true. Um, no, Eva, I am not shaving my legs. Shaving my head is one thing, but feeling having my legs be completely because when you shave your head, like you you buzz it, but there's still a little bit of hair there. Like I'm not planning to be completely bald. Wait, I, you don't want to shave your legs in the summer? Don't your legs get hot? Do you shave your legs in the summer? I have. Really? Yeah, not for not for that reason, but I have. I don't what shave my legs ever. Well, because I it's I was talking about this yesterday on the sleepover stream. I think it's a sensory thing. I really hate completely hairless surfaces. When I was in high school and I was, you know, jealous of the perfect male bodies that I see in movies, I, I hated the body hair I had, so I shaved it. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I never really hear that. I never hear much about men feeling insecure to shave their legs. Oh, I mean, I was I was infinitely more insecure about my uh, chest hair and my pit hair. Mm, okay. Yeah, I like hair, so I don't I don't I don't usually shave anything other than the back of my head. Now I'm like, yeah. fuck it, testosterone. Fuck you, yeah. 14. Exactly. I think I have more testosterone than 14 does. Dude, 14's a little bitch. And I, I don't say that lightly. I love all my students, but 14? Fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah, so because when, when, I, when I shave my head, like, it'll be, like, when I shave the back of it and stuff with the clippers, it'll be like, uh, it'll still have some some short fuzz to it, you know? It's not gonna be completely hairless. Yeah, it's gonna be like Amanda's head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so when uh, when when we shave our heads, we'll, we'll figure out what charity we're gonna do with that for. It sounds fun. We have a conversation about men hair in the chat right now, and we have two different conversations going on. We have a husband who shaves his chest and pits, and we have, um, Queen of Spade, who's like, I want a Queen of Spade and Mushroom Destroyer, uh, who are both like, I want hair. Dude, I love hair. Hair on men, hair on women. Okay, this is not meant to be a sexual point, but it's going to inevitably be one anyway, but I'm just genuinely curious. Pubic hair has a heavy emphasis on, on women shaving it and not men, but I do, men obviously now shave a lot more because there are full on commercials. Um, what what's the name of that uh, brand that like literally has commercials about men shaving their balls right now? Like like there like there is a he heavily invested commercial, which is clearly doing a decent job because I remember the commercial, but not a good job because I'm forgetting the brand name on men shaving their their uh, nether regions. So I'm curious like <laughs> what people think of of shaving that region. Is that is that something that uh, should be wild, should be groomed, or should be clean? Here's the thing: I didn't like. I didn't know that was a thing until I was like 20. I had never heard of it. 
I didn't know anyone shaved their pubic hair at all. That's like, I had no idea that concept even existed until someone brought it up like, man, I hate how there's so much pressure for women to shave their pubic hair. And I was like, what? I've never heard of any human doing that ever. But that also could be because I don't watch porn. But I had just like, the idea had just never intersected with me. So I had never heard of it. So it's still like a weird thing to me. Like I, it doesn't make sense to me because I had gone so long having never heard of it. Manscaped, that's the brand. Manscaped! <laughs> yeah, there's this huge like promo push right now for men to shave their balls. That's interesting. Well, I'm not gonna talk about my preferences with that because that's gonna become automatically sexual. And I don't want our stream to turn sexual. Fair enough. But yeah, I, I, I saw. I swear it wasn't random. We were talking about like men shaving their bodies. And, yeah, like, no, that, that I totally I know. It's an interesting topic of like, I guess how there's more of a push for men to do it now. I don't well, know. Yeah. I've just been. I'm completely oblivious to the world around me, so I I didn't know there was a push for men to do it now, and that there wasn't before, and all that. Maybe there might have been, and it's just now it's not as profound or profane i'm struggling with words today guys please don't judge me to have it on tv oh interesting okay. because because i feel like that debate has been a lot around for a while like i feel like they even had a, a bit on it in um in american pie but that was like a raunchy comedy movie and now yeah. it's just like you're watching uh basketball on tnt and it's like this game is brought to you by manscaped it's like oh shit manscaped <laughs> shit now i now i gotta go shave my balls to enjoy basketball <laughs> sucks okay yeah basically what everyone's like what eva's saying here hey guys it's just all just do what makes you happy as a person what your sexual partners like in life could change but just what just be the person that makes you happy, whether you have lots of body hair or no body hair or you shave your head or you have long hair, regardless, you know, just just be who you want to be and have well, a good time. It's not even always sexual. I mean, people do shave when they're not in a romantic relationship. I know that some people actually take that as an opportunity to not shave because they're just like, fuck it. If I'm not pressing anyone, I'm going to be a bear. But um... I was like, I, I don't I don't. I do not shave any part of me. I do not take like razors to any part of my body at all, other than the back of my head. Uh, but I like, I don't know. I like wish I could grow facial hair and stuff like that. I feel like I would look really cute with a beard. I think my beard's getting a little long, but there, I, I definitely had a moment like a month ago where I thought everything was perfect. Like my hair was the right length of not too long, but long enough for like the real coils to start coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was when I posted that uh, that picture of me. You couldn't see my beard in that picture, but when I was getting back into running and I posted that picture yeah. about how could I feel running again, I felt like that was like my perfect face and head hair proportion. Because I love when my beard is just like sort of just starting to grow and it starts getting dark. But yeah, I think your beard long. looks great right now. I think it's a little long, but again, it's not that long. Like I could definitely clean it up in just two seconds. I'm just okay. Really I like that. Cat says that I would look good with a beard. I've done those like face app things where you can add facial hair to yourself. And I think I look really good with a beard, but I cannot grow one. And you, it's a shame. You definitely are someone who like, if you had the opportunity to just change your appearance daily, like I, I don't know if you want to be androgynous so much as you just want to be all genders every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. I just like to change it up. I like to change up how I look drastically regularly. 
Yeah, I think that's that's because like I don't think you just want to constantly be like um, this perfect intersection of gender, but you definitely want to be all the genders. Oh yeah, sometimes I want to look completely like a man, a man with a beard. Sometimes I'm like happy to be a pretty woman. Most of the time, I just do nothing and wear my pajamas. Have you ever wanted to be a motorcycle lesbian? Oh yeah, definitely. I think I think I, I think I'd be an adorable motorcycle lesbian. What would your motorcycle gang be? I don't know, man. Write Savvy's fan fiction in the chat and give her a motorcycle gang. Remember that one stream where you were talking to someone and they kept they kept thinking that your pronouns were they them, so they kept correcting themselves. Oh, dude, that happens to me literally all the time. Where people will be like savvy, like I like people make videos about me. People go on talk on me about me on streams. When it happens, people are like always correcting themselves and apologizing. And I'm like, dude, it's like, where did you eat? what? It's very. I don't know where this comes from, but it regularly happens. Yes. Well, isn't isn't your bio still like call me what you want, just don't call me late for dinner? Yeah, which is the truth. Like I think people took it as a joke, but it's the truth. I'm going to start giving you he, him pronouns. Sure, if you want. I, I genuinely don't mind. This is now the bros podcast, y'all. Yeah, now, yeah, exactly. We're just two, we're just two bros, one who can't grow a beard. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I feel like I'm number 14. Nah, you're, you're number 10, though. You're close, but you're not 14. <laughs> I, want to be, I want to be number one. What do I need to do, Lobster Daddy, to become number one? Um, I have to stand up straighter, but my scoliosis prevents it. I don't know. I don't have a syllabus for this class. Number 14 ate it because he fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> my number 14 ate my homework. Yeah. Um, Mushroom Destroyer, your boyfriend is a beautiful lady. I saw that I, I, I saw that um, latest video you posted. Y'all are awesome people. Multi-level motorcycling. That's actually a brilliant motorcycle gang for you. Oh my god, that's gonna be my motorcycle gang name. I love it. I cannot wait. You gotta get a leather jacket. It makes sense that a witch lives in a swamp, he says. Why? It's a hard one. It's because those... Savvy, I know how you can what? see the country. What? I know. You get a motorcycle, and you I start... Do. And you start the anti-MLM motorcycle campaign and you go and you pick up every single person in the community who wants who's going through a bit of like a, an adventure crisis because of COVID and you do a cross-country anti-MLM tour as the multi-level motorcycle gang. Oh my God. I actually really want to do this now. I don't even have my regular driver's license, let alone my motorcycle license. Skip it. Motorcycles are cheaper too. Yeah, honestly, I kind of do like I kind of do want to get a motorcycle. I feel like it would be fun because I've ridden on them. I've never driven a motorcycle, but I've ridden on the back of a motorcycle before. And I find it very fun. But I also am very afraid of death. So I'm worried that I would get in an accident and die. You just don't die. It's a good point. If you don't die, you don't have to be afraid of death. Like... I was talking to Aaron about this the other day because I was just thinking about like our place in the universe. And I was like, man, I really hope when death comes, I'm too lazy to follow. <laughs> 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 like I'm good, bro. I'm just, like I want, I, I, I don't want to be a stone. Like, here's the thing. I do follow that whole, you start young, you get old and you die young again. Like what, like there's, there's, 
like older people are are the second youngest people on the planet because you just basically become a, a, a kid again and then a baby again when you're that old. So I know I'm entering the stage of my life where I can't necessarily just be a constant stoner anymore, but I really hope I have this long and beautiful life. And by the time I'm 80, I just become this super old stoner. That, yeah. just, that just does nothing, but I don't know, make friends with everyone in my local neighborhood that just wants to smoke weed and hear about my life as a super old stoner. Yeah, I'm starting to feel like I'm getting into the stage of my life where a lot of my quirky manic pixie dream girl behavior isn't cute anymore. Like when you're when you're 20 and you're 22, it's cute. It's like, oh, she's so quirky. When you're 28, people start to be like, it's like the female equivalent of a man child. That's what I am. Abby, you're 30. I mean, like 27 to 29, you're 30. You're 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 you're, you're no, 30, I'm not 30, 30 yet. 30 is a hug. Okay, 30 is a hug. Like. I fully admit that I, I accept the fact that like I'm not 29. I'm I'm 30 minus like six months or whatever okay, it is. Okay, but I like, am I am 28. I am not 30. No, you're 30. Like no, I'm not. I'm not 30. Late late 20. Like I was actually just talking to Gray about this too. It's like I, I I'm basically going through this year as it's not, I'm not 29. I'm pre 30. I'm just sort of wearing 30 to make sure that like I can wear it right. So when it does hit me, you know, I'm just like you know what. I rocked 30 for a year. I can handle 30 again. <laughs> I mean, I'll definitely, I'll start to condition my mind to like, I'm getting close to 30. I'll start imagining and visualizing myself as 30 so that I can make sure that I won't freak out about, about aging when I turn 30. But no, I want to, I'm going to enjoy the next year and a half I have in my twenties. Nah, you're and here's what I mean by you're 30. I mean, when you're 28, and you say something stupid online, people are going to be like, look at this 30-year-old being a fucking moron. That's true. That's what I mean. So, so you, yeah, you're 30 in that way. And to everyone in the chat who's older than us, we're not, like, just trying to talk about our age. Uh, like, uh, it's just... It's just... <laughs> Is what it is. I, I personally am looking forward to 30. I think I'm going to be an awesome... I think, I think my 30s are going to be fantastic. Um, and I'm really yeah, excited. Too. And I just want to make a lot of... Amanda has the best idea right here. The multi-level motorcycle gang should follow other biker groups lead and have a charity to raise money for. Maybe start a foundation that helps single moms who are targeted by MLMs. Dude. Dude, Amanda, you want to start this with me? You want to get our motorcycle licenses together and start the multi-level motorcycle gang and ride across country and give aid to single moms who lost money in MLMs? I think that sounds like a brilliant nonprofit and your only expense is like a uh, gas for the motorcycle. So you don't run out of gas on the road and everything else goes to helping mothers. <laughs> Dude, I am actually like legitimately for this. I'm not even kidding. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm for this idea. You would lure a lot more people into the community if you were cool. Yeah, but I'm not cool. That, 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 that was a lot of unintended shade. You're like, <laughs> if, if you were cool, but unfortunately, you suck. So <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't meant to say the community isn't cool already. But I just mean like, if you were meme cool. I mean, Amanda, I can't ride a motorcycle either. I have to learn. Yeah, you're gonna get your licenses. I'm gonna get my motorcycle license. How much does a motorcycle cost? I'm ready for the midlife crisis. I mean, up. I hope it's not your midlife. Let's call it quarter life. <laughs> quarter life, because I'm going to live to 120, because if I'm 30 now. Yes. I, that's not unrealistic, dude. Prince Philip is 99 and had heart surgery. <laughs> dude, we got the stimulus check yesterday. Maybe I will spend 
some of it on a motorcycle. Look, if y'all are scared of riding motorcycles, just get one of those really awesome looking four wheelers or three wheelers that you see in the motorcycle gangs. Let's look at new and used motorcycles. You guys have got me into buying a motorcycle mode now. That was the point of the stream. To get me to buy a motorcycle. Yeah. Look, y'all, I think there's few things in life more important than being cool. Okay. I've been failing up to this point, but I'm going to be cool. One of these, I was actually, I love how I'm bringing up all these conversations I've been having lately, but so reading all these self-help books are actually helpful. I didn't realize that it would be helpful. And I was starting to think to myself, like, what's important to me? Uh, you know, freedom to make my own choices. How do I do that? Money. So what do I want to do? I want to hit a certain level of income where I'm able to walk away from work and pursue being a chess grandmaster. And then I can just be that stoner chess grandmaster. I want to be like Bobby Fischer after he disappeared. Y'all, I think, no, I think by the time I'm 30, I do want to have a motorcycle. That's a I good goal. I think that's going to be important for me. So I feel like if I start going through the midlife, here's the thing. If I go through the midlife crisis, it doesn't have to be the middle of my life yet. But if I go through the midlife crisis when I'm young, then instead of being like the oldest person doing the young people shit, I will be the youngest person doing the old people shit, you know? And then yeah, I, that I, I care about your midlife crisis that you don't want to be the oldest person having a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to be the young person having the midlife crisis so that I could, everyone could be like, Oh, she's so young. That's <laughs> next level insecurity. <laughs> I am so insecure about aging and death. I have been since I was a small child. It's since I was five years old, I hated aging because it meant I was getting closer to death. You are no lobster. I am no you, lobster. You're a fucking shrimp in this bizarre metaphor. Looking at three-wheel motorcycles, those yeah. somehow look safer. Yeah, because they are safe. They have another wheel on the ground. Yeah, maybe I'll get one of these because I don't want to die. But Wait, share, share it on the screen for everyone else to see because this is what I was talking about that people who don't want a motorcycle could get. Do you have a screen to share or you want me to share? Oh, I mean, I can do it too if you want. I just didn't yeah. have it. I'm just, oh, I'm pulling up various motorcycle things. But yeah, go ahead and pull yours up. And then once we're done with that, we can look at this enforced monogamy stuff a little more. Well, we're enforcing your monogamy to a two-wheeler right now or a three-wheeler. Oh, no, you're actually really slutty with motorcycles right now. You're like, maybe I want a three-wheeler. Yeah. Okay, that's that. This one's actually goofy as fuck. <laughs> so to just Ava, who, first off, thank you for coming up with this brilliant idea. We have not forgotten that you're the one that came up with the name. Dude, Ava comes up with all the most brilliant ideas. All right. This, this is just Ava's right here. <laughs> this is just oh, Eva's. that's cute that's cute but yeah y'all like ride these wholesale enclosed four-wheel electric trike oh god i actually kind of want this i think this is I really feel like cute if i ride a three-wheel motorcycle i'll look cool to the average person but within motorcycle groups i will be the lame one no not if you get this oh that thing is pretty cool looking yeah, but that and, that won't look right on the road. No, I've I've I mean I haven't seen this one on the road, and I'm sure it's breaking a rule for being too close to the ground. But um, I've I mean whenever I get passed by motorcycles on on the highways, that I, I I not whenever, but I have seen three wheelers before. I don't think that they're neglected. I think it's just people who are pursuing freedom. 
maybe in some games you'd be judged, but you're starting your own. Where is this one again? Yeah, this is this is this is something I might get right now. I, I might impulse buy this with my with my stimulus check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm kind of, guys, I'm actually kind of considering buying a motorcycle. I need to get I feel like I, it would be stupid to buy a motorcycle until I have a motorcycle license. But then again, how am I gonna get the license if I don't have a motorcycle to ride at the DMV? I don't That's know. I, I I didn't have a car when I had my driver's license. Ah, well, I don't have my driver's license. And I also don't know how I'm going to get my driver's license when I don't have a car to drive to take the driver's license test. I guess my parents have a car. I could borrow theirs. I'm about to start a drop shipping store for people who want to impulse buy with their stimulus check and just have these up. I'm going to drop ship these. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, I kind of think I'm going to buy a motorcycle. I think I'd it's going to actually happen. Uh, if Savvy was riding a motorcycle and I was in the sidecar, I would not be holding on for dear life. I would be stoned. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I would be very sober because I do not, I would never drive drunk under any circumstances. And I appreciate that. I would be stoned enough for both of us. And that's great because you wouldn't be the one driving. So it would be great. Exactly. Y'all drive your stoned friends. Or even better, get them stoned and then drive them. They'll love you forever. Absolutely. And Absolutely. give them cookie dough while they're stoned. <laughs> because few things taste better. Actually, that's a lie. You know, you know what the best stone food is? What? Clementines. I've never eaten a clementine while stoned, but maybe I'll have to try it. Now, here's the ultimate combo. You have a bite of a clementine, and then you have a bite of chocolate. Oh, yeah. It's good. That does sound good. I, I've confessed. I'm really I have hungry. I've I've confessed my like deep passionate love for citrus fruit on here before, so I don't think this is a surprise to anyone. <laughs> uh, Queen of Spade is always stoned, so I'm proud of you. That that's the multi level part: the stoner and the sidecar. <laughs> See, Dude, that would be great. If not to totally derail the actual nonprofit segment of this, but if everyone had their their trusty stoner sidekick. That, that would add another element to making y'all stand out. <laughs> I know oh, Queen of Spain and I are, are offering ourselves as trusty stoner sidekicks. Dude, I the, love poutine. I, I just, don't. I've never been to Canada, but a lot we have like a lot of breweries have like poutine as an option, and I've started eating it, and it's so good. <sighs> well, so see, Canada. Yeah, the fucking sucks. So, uh, no, I'm um, that's not nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, so Canada sucks. So does poutine. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. All right, <laughs> y'all. Love so you, the Canadian we are viewers. Absolutely going to. I'm going to get a motorcycle. Got to figure out when. But in the meantime, let's read Jordan Peterson's blog post on enforced monogamy. Here's a quick thing, though, that I need to say about Jordan Peterson. As much as I understand that the reporting on him has been biased, and I genuinely do think he's right about that, there comes a point where it's like, he gets misquoted and misrepresented a whole lot. It seems like it happens to him every single time someone says something about him, he comes out trying to defend himself, saying that he was misrepresented. And to an extent, I'm kind of like, if you're going to be a speaker and a lecturer and a writer, 
you so you need to learn how to convey your ideas correctly. If you're getting misunderstood every single time you talk, then maybe you need to get better at making your ideas come across in a way that makes sense to other people. Kind of seem that's that's just my thoughts on this. Because if people are constantly, if you're like, oh, I'm constantly being misquoted and misrepresented and it's out of context, like maybe you need to get better at, at the things that you're saying. That's just my thought. Because if it's, he's the common denominator here and how this continues to happen. Okay, so on the New York Times and enforced monogamy, this is by Jordan Peterson sharing his side. My motivated critics couldn't contain their joyful glee this week at discovering my hypothetical support for Handmaid's Tale type patriarchal social structures as let's say hinted in the New York Times article. It's been a truism among anthropologists and biologically oriented psychologists for decades that all human societies face two primary tasks, the regulation of female reproduction so the babies don't die you see in male aggression so that everyone doesn't die. The social enforcement of monogamy happens to be an effective means of addressing both issues as most societies have come to realize parabonded marriages constituting as they do a human universal something. Here's the something intelligent about the issue. Oh, dude, he is, he's just so pretentious. He is also He's so pretentious, like calm down. I think I need another cup of coffee. Go get another cup of coffee. We'll keep looking at this. Uh, also, Kelly has something to say about motorcycles. Oh, let's pull it up. Kelly says, I'm a bit behind, but I did a motorcycle course where they had cheapo bikes to learn on. And at the end, you qualified for your motorcycle endorsement. It was a great experience. Ooh, I should look into that and see if there is one of those around here. Because here's the thing, in, in the city, you don't want to have to pay for parking. And I could probably store a motorcycle in like a, the storage unit or something. I don't know, though. In the city, it might be hard to store a motorcycle, too. Just as much as it's hard to store a car. I'm going to need more coffee soon, too. Um, okay, so at the, at the, in the previous article in the New York Times, the point, I forgot to bring this up, the point of the why men murder section was basically Jordan Peterson talking about how more violence happens when you don't have monogamy. So when men don't have monogamous relationships, they are more likely to become violent. Why? I don't know. Sounds like he's again making excuses. Like, this guy was violent. Yeah, but it's just because nobody loved him. Like, also just don't be violent, dude. Anyway, uh, so he's going off on things. Um... Here's something intelligent about the issue written by Antiquark2 on Reddit after the New York Times piece appeared and produced its Tempest in a Teapot. Peterson nice is Nice using... alliteration. It's nice alliteration, but what the fuck does it mean? It means alliteration. <laughs> Dude, things don't have to make sense if they sound good, okay? Look at look at some music today. Yeah, why isn't Jordan Peterson just writing music instead? It doesn't because that wouldn't have to make sense. I'm sorry. I just thought of that guy who's like watches Ben Shapiro once. Rap isn't music, it's just rhythm and beats, guys. <laughs> Dude. He's so stupid. I'm sorry. Ben Shapiro. Um Do you think do you think if I just wore a suit all the time, like I it, like I know I'm an idiot, but like I feel like that's not. I feel like that's almost a prerequisite for being smart. 
is being uh, an idiot. Yeah. Like, do you think if I wore a suit all the time and was able to keep my voice pretty steady, I could break into this, like, intellectual dark web? Probably. I couldn't because I have huge boobs and I would be seen as a sex object. What if you openly talked about how much you hated your huge boobs, though? I feel like they would... I think they would like that's that. That's true. If I became like, if I became an anti SJW style woman who is over here, like, yeah, I hate modern feminists too. Then men would be like, oh my God, finally, can we fuck? And then I would be like, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fastest that, way. That's where this would go. Like, regardless, like, I feel like I could, I could act that way and get the men of this, this community on my side but they would be on my side. And then if I turn them down, they would not be on my side anymore. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to like that whole conversation of like the fastest way to get big is to sell out. I feel like that gets misrepresented in entertainment a lot because people are like, I don't like this band anymore. They sold out. It's like, no music's still difficult. There's like, you don't know what direction mainstream music and pop music is going to go into. Uh, and they like chasing trends is usually a recipe for disaster. I feel like it's a lot more ingrained in like human principles. And if you sell those out, it's the fastest way to gain an audience. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's how all these business gurus did it. All of them, none of them have any morals. They all just, you know, either tell people what they want to hear or like, especially I feel like and they changed Hollis their is a great example. Rachel Hollis was legit an author and small business owner. She was basically like me. And now she's like a full on guru because she makes more money that way. Yeah. They, they change their morals constantly. I was going to take my computer with me to get this coffee because I like this conversation, but it's plugged into a microphone. That's not going to work. Be right back. Okay. That's fine. Go get your coffee. I'm at a desktop computer, so I cannot take anything with me to get coffee. Um, but I'll go get more coffee after you're done. So, okay, so he's talking about how enforcement monogamy does not mean government enforcement monogamy. Enforcement monogamy means socially promoted, culturally, culturally inculcated monogamy as opposed to genetic monogamy, evolutionarily dictated monogamy, which does exist in some species, but not in humans. Okay, so here's what I don't get about Jordan Peterson. Tell he me. Is so into like evolution has made us this way and therefore it is fine like evolution has created this dominance hierarchy and therefore we need to follow it but meanwhile he admits right here that evolution has not made humans monogamous that biological monogamy is not inherent to humans yet we still need to force monogamy upon ourselves so he is not consistent with this with this idea he's only he only brings up that we need to act as what evolution tells us to when it serves his purpose. And when it doesn't serve his purpose, he tells us the opposite. Look, monogamy like social security made a lot more sense when the average life expectancy was under 60. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. There's and our I, hot take yeah. that gets us canceled for the day. We have to have one in every show. My Critics' abject ignorance of the relevant literature does not equate to evidence of my totalitarian or misogynist leanings. I might also add, anyone serious about decreasing violence against women or violence in general might think twice about dismissing the utility of monogamy. Dude, oh, dude, this is what he's hes basically doing the one right here. He's like, this, this is a threat, dude. This is literally a threat. And I know that he's going to say I'm misrepresenting him. But let's look at what he's actually saying here. What he, was, what he had said in the previous article, which, yes, that article was biased. I'll give him that. But what he had said in the previous article was basically when men 
don't when there's not enough monogamy and not enough men are able to get women then men turn violent right here he says anyone serious about decreasing violence against women should be supporting this doesn't that sound like a threat that kind of sounds like a threat to me i don't know he's like if you care about violence against women you better make sure men get some sex otherwise they're gonna turn violent against women and i have no control over that like dude so, so like i can see that line of logic based on things he said in the past i don't see it here with the words he's actually written yeah that's fair that's fair um yeah he's but he is purposely vague a lot so he, so he can say he's misrepresented like he adds a lot of um modifiers before making very incendiary comments uh, so that he can say, I didn't say that. I said usually. I said generally. Uh, or, or I didn't give it any direction whatsoever. Um, so he, he is able to manipulate, say that like he was misrepresented because he, did, like, he didn't say one specific group. He said generally. He, he, he tries to not yeah. use absolutes. I think, he, I think he specifically talks in a confusing way because he wants to be misrepresented at this point. I'm like, if you're like, I feel like he wants to be able to be the victim in the situation. Chasing victimhood, a Jordan Peterson story. Yeah, Jordan Peterson does perpetually, for someone who complains about the new generation playing the victim too much, he plays the victim like 100% of the time. Dude, I saw a baby boomer trying to take credit for the greatest generation. He's like, we stormed the beaches of Nor like, like my parents and my generation stormed the beaches of Normandy. It's like, no, you just said it yourself. Your parents did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Monogamous pair bonding makes men less violent. And then, and then he, I'm glad he cites his sources. Yes, I'm, gl I'm glad he cites his wrong facts. I'm glad he cites his sources. Good job, buddy. But here's the thing, like as humans, we can learn to control our violence. And like as a psychologist, he should be working with his his patients in therapy to have techniques to control their violence rather than saying it's women's fault for not wanting to marry you. Like, oh wait, oh, did he include oh evolutionary psychological theory of male criminality? When was this published? Um, let's see. Because there is a chance that I if this is like an old study, it's dated. <laughs> like, 2000. So it's like, published 20, 20 years ago. Yeah, like information can change. <laughs> exactly. And I know 2000 is only 20 years ago, but a lot has changed in that time. For one, not a single social media existed at that time. Yeah, and also, like, I, I feel like there, there was so much, like, just culturally, there was more of a focus on male and female relationships. There was, like, a lot of people did not accept same-sex relationships, and even fewer people accepted that trans people existed back in 2000. This was just like not on most people's radar. So I think they probably just didn't take any of these things into account. And so this is gonna be a very biased study that only takes straight men into account. I mean, this was still when Don't Ask, I mean, this was around when Don't Ask, Don't Tell was first implemented too. Yes, it was. So a lot has changed.
Just the plain bare common sex fact, common sense facts, socially enforced monogamous conventions decrease male violence. No, dude, I think just letting everyone do what they want and giving people therapy when they're struggling decreases everyone's violence. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not wrong that once upon a time we, we solved everything with violence. My, my question is, do we want to go back to that time? I would very much like to, to get challenged to a duel out at the Oaks and City Park. Like, we have plaques of popular dueling spots in New Orleans, and it's like... <laughs> It's so cool to look at these historically. I don't really feel like being challenged to a duel for questioning someone's honor. Like, I'm happy we evolved past that. Yeah. And I don't think it was due to enforced monogamy. I think it was due to the shooting people can be stupid <laughs> mentality. I think, I think tomorrow we should look at the Kathy Newman debate. Um, it's about a half an hour long, and I have watched it before. I'm going to watch it again. Your mom's a half because, an hour long. Sorry. <laughs> no, I've watched it before. I'm going to watch it again because I, like you suggested the other day, I am going to make a video about it and break down where the argumentation went wrong on both of their ends. And, uh, but I think we could watch some of it tomorrow. I'll see if I can pull some timestamps of what might be good for that. And I'm going to, and also tomorrow we will be doing a more in-depth review of his book, which will be fun. I'm going to continue listening to it while I take Chewy on a walk in a few minutes because it's been my walking chewy book. I finished Seven Habits. Oh yeah, how was that? I actually didn't mind it. Um, I think, I think more, if you, obviously when it comes to anything that you're reading, a strict, a strict application of what you read to your life is not going to be successful. But I do think that the general information that he provided is useful overall. I mean, the, the, the primary thesis of the book is one of the most important skills a person, a, 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 an influential person can have is empathy, is empathy, uh, empathy and empathetic listening. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, one of the things that you just teach, learn since grade school is it's infinitely more important to listen than to speak, which I agree with. I think I cut you off more often than I would like to on this because it's also a podcast and dead air is the devil. Um, but I, I genuinely don't want to. Uh, I'm the same way though. I just cut you off right now. Like we cut each other off all the time, but I think that's just because like we're friends and we're used to this dynamic at this point. So neither of us are going to be offended by it. And given this circumstance, it's better to cut someone off than to have dead air. Absolutely. Uh, yes. But, but like that, that, that's a unique circumstance in general conversation, especially like we're also friends. Well, if you're meeting someone new, their life should be more interesting than yours. Uh, yeah. And you should not apply your circumstances to their life. You should listen to them and try to understand them. So I love the fact that the core message of this book is empathy overall. I think I need to get better at not talking too much because I, even when I meet new people, if people ask me a question about myself, I'll just go on. And I think because I'm used to having friends who also talk too much, the way a lot of my friends and I talk is we just say things to each other and then the other person might cut us off and say something completely different. But deep down, we're listening and internalizing to what each other's saying. We're just all so loud that we just like shout things at each other. And so I always just natural is natural for me when I meet someone new to assume that they'll just jump in whenever they have something to say. So that's why I've, I've had people tell me before when I've done interviews and stuff like, Savvy, you monopolize conversations. And I need to work on that. I don't think I do in interviews as much, but when I do like a collab video where I'm having a discussion with someone else, I tend to monopolize the conversation. But it's because for me, it's natural to assume that when the other person has something to say, they'll just start talking. 
Yes. And so one, you definitely have proven time and time again that you take criticism well, you take oh, suggestions you. well, um, and you're constantly learning. So I don't think you dominate the thought space. You just, I think you get really energized when you're talking about something <laughs> that do. you're excited about. And That's you just, so and it's just, you're, you're just, you're feeding off. The, I mean, you're an extrovert. You feed off the energy in the room. And when you're talking about something exciting, you, you get hyper energized and you become chewy. Exactly. Literally, I feel like I start channeling like puppy energy when I get excited about something. Oh, I, I think you, I, I think you exude so much puppy energy. You had to start a business around it. Like <laughs> I had to write from dog's perspectives because it's the only way I could understand myself. Exactly. You're, you're I was going to say, I don't want to go in that direction. I was just going to say, I think that you're very much in tune with, um, with the innocence of the planet. And that's part of the reason why you're drawn to animals that rescue animals. And that's why you're uh, drawn to protecting the victims of MLMs. Oh, that might be true. That's interesting. That's interesting. I never connected that before. Yeah. Another thing in seven habits, y'all critical thinking. And this is what I mean. Like it's, it's a like, yes, I know this book has been dunked on in the past, but I think overall the messages in this book aren't wrong. It's the, you, you can apply it. I also like the fact that I think I got more out of it because I was taking notes as I was reading it. Oh yeah. That's a good idea. And I've learned that my favorite way to read books now, by far, if I want to like retain the information, is audiobook with notes. Because you're free to take so many more notes. Yeah, because you're not like looking at one page and then you have to stop looking at the paper to start looking at the other paper that you're writing on. Although I do like reading a physical book and writing notes in the book itself, although it does slow me down a little bit because... I have to stop reading the sentence to write the other words down. And Whereas you have to buy the book. You can't do that to a library book. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, no, dude, I've learned that I like reading fiction in a book and I like nonfiction. I like to listen to it in an audiobook. I think it would be weird to listen to fiction in an audiobook. Although I have bought a few fiction books that maybe I'll try. But for me, audiobooks are for nonfiction. I think it's funny that big innocent energy sort of spells by. It kind of does, yeah. Like it's pronounced the same way. Yeah. Just just connect the innocent energy with a hyphen and we can just we can make the acronym by. Perfect. I love and then, it. And then you can say, I'm by big innocent energy. Uh Mushroom Destroyer says I just ver verbal vomit in journals. I need to do more journaling. You're definitely better at journaling than I am. Yeah, I missed the past couple of days. Uh, last night, because I passed out, and the day before, just because I missed it. <laughs> but the, it's important It's important too, and this is going to go back to the cults I joined with Atomic Habits, uh, <laughs> that when you miss a day, it's important to do it the next day. It's also important to not have an all-or-nothing mentality. Uh, it's better to just write one sentence in your journal than to not do it at all. It's better if you want to be do if you, it's better if you want to work out every day to literally just do five minutes of cardio and that's all you feel like you have than to not do it at all because you're still telling your mind, I worked out today. Even if you don't get the same health benefits of working out for an hour, you still worked out for the day. And it's also important to reward yourself with visual cues when you do it. But here's the problem is that I don't do a full workout, I'm gonna have to shower for nothing. Not I necessarily. Like, I don't like having to shower extra. How hard are your five minute workouts? That's my I just, Well, they're not super hard, but it's like, I don't like to shower every day. I like to shower every like three days. So I don't want to make my showers have to come faster. 
That's what she said. Um, there, there. I'm sure there are ways around it. Also, if that's just what works for well, one, you don't have to work out every day. That's true. Sometimes I just work out on days that I I'm already going to shower. Two, I mean, maybe you don't have to shower after the workout. I mean, I know that like you might have to, uh, but that could all. I mean, I, I, I don't want to get into any anything mental because I'm horribly underqualified. Um, but maybe you don't have to, maybe you just think you do. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I I'm no Jordan know. Peterson, you know, he has his doctorate in it. He would tell you dominance hierarchy and be a lobster. They don't have to shower. They live in the ocean. That's right. <laughs> just go live in the ocean. <laughs> just go live in the ocean. Shut up, oh. 14. Jesus Christ. Y'all, I got to go take Chewy on a walk so that we can listen. Chewy and I are going to listen to more of 12 Rules for Life together and um, see what he can apply to his life as a dog. So far, he can't stand up straight with his shoulders back because he walks on four legs. So that one doesn't work for him. He also can't take care of himself as well as he takes care of others because Chewie doesn't take care of himself or others. Uh, he just he takes care of, of others. He, he, li he lives off of me. And then... Uh, for the third chapter, which is give like surround yourself with friends who care about you, he's a, he does a good job at that. He's he doing a good you. job at that. He surrounds himself with me and Tyler and my parents and Wrigley, and they all love him. So Chewie's good at chapter three. None of Chewie's friends are drug addicts, which is good. Um, is he friends with cats? <laughs> no, he's not friends with cats. He might need to work on that. He says cats look too much like Jordan Peterson, so he doesn't <laughs> have to be friends with them. Yeah, I actually got to take Logan out, too. He has not gone out yet. He's, I love him so much. He's he's like the he's easiest so dog. He, he's the, as long as like you're not taking him on a long walk, he's the, he's the easiest house dog a person could have. Yeah. Chewy is, uh, I think he would benefit from having a yard or something, but we have a long hallway. We play with him in the long hallway. I think he's going to go on a nice long walk through the city now. I think Logan developed my stoner habits. I think he just sort of lays around all day contemplating his place in the universe. And he has suffers from paranoia, which obviously can happen with weed too. Absolutely. <laughs> so y'all, we're going to go hang out with our dogs. We will see you guys again tomorrow morning at the same time when we are going to review the book more in full and wrap up this week and prepare for Joe Rogan week. We'll and not sleep in. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I'm glad that you have recovered from your vaccine though. Thank you. I feel great. I, I really do. Y'all don't be afraid of it. I, like I said, I was, I was tired yesterday and my arm was sore and I had a slight headache too. So I took a Tylenol and then I just passed the fuck out and I did not sleep through the night. That was, that was annoying, but it wasn't awful. And now I woke up this morning and I feel fantastic. Yes. And I'm sure the next shot will be a more intense version of that. Absolutely. All right, y'all have a good rest of your Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. Don't forget to support small businesses. Have a great rest of your day. Bye, friends.